Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. Hi, everyone. Ernie Bray here with ACD. And this claims industry is changing fast. And right now, we're going through a time when there is what I call a brain drain. There's a lot of experienced people in the industry that are moving out of the industry, which has given a lot of opportunity to people who have never had experience adjusting, appraising, and a chance to learn and grow. We all have to start somewhere. And the value of education and growing in this industry is so important. And today, I have an entrepreneur that has an interesting story. I've heard his podcast. He's mentored over 200 auto damage appraisers. He has over 1,400 people registered for his courses. I've seen him partner with other training companies. He's doing a great job. And you know what? The thing is, he's bringing attention to a much needed part of this industry, which is the education. And he's actually helping people launch their businesses, which is really exciting. As an entrepreneur myself, it's a passion of mine. And when I see this, it's so powerful. I wanted to find out more about what he's doing out there. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Chris Stanley of IAPath. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Oh man, Ernie, it's an honor to be here. You were, uh, you've been a guest on my podcast like three times. So I'm, Honored to get to come on now into yours. Well, hey, hey, it's great to have you on. You know, and I love the entrepreneurial spirit. That's my passion. And I think it's really inspirational what you're doing is you're helping people. You're helping people, basically small business owners, get their feet off the, you know, get their feet, you know, right in there going and a chance to build something. And that's really inspiring. So tell us a little bit about who Chris Stanley is. Tell us who is Chris Stanley. Uh, Chris Stanley is a long time auto damage appraiser. I say long time. 11 years is a long time to us millennials. You know, 11 years is like forever. But um, I've been in the industry about 11 years. Uh, but I've been on kind of a crazy journey through it as most of us, you know, like you were a basketball player and fell into claims. I was a warehouse worker. And my mm -hmm. father in law said, Hey, you know, I want to give you a real career. I'll teach you how to write estimates on cars. I'll teach you how to be an adjuster or an appraiser. And I had no idea what he's talking about, you know. Uh, and so, so you just, you didn't know anything. You were just like, you were working in the warehouse and your father-in-law said, hey, check this out and let me show you basically. Yeah, yeah, right from scratch. I'd never changed my own oil, Ernie, nothing. So from there, he proceeded to mentor me over the next six months. And um, now 11 years later, I've been a catastrophic adjuster. Uh, I've been a regional manager of a paintless debt repair company overseeing repair operations. Been kind of all over and to look back to go like, well, that was a pivotal point for me. If I had said no to that opportunity or I had not fallen, you know, followed his advice, would I still be in a warehouse right now? Well, you, know, I, you, know, you know, it's funny you say that because a lot of times in life, a lot of times when people want to take that entrepreneurial leap, those opportunities present themselves. And as an entrepreneur, you just have to be able to sometimes take that risk. And, and that's obviously what you did, which is really exciting. So I was kind of like most people. I kind of like fell into the industry because of a relative or somebody saying, hey, you should go work here. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I look back, I never even knew about insurance, never knew about cars. And so it was very interesting to, to look back and go, wow, that, that really changed my wife and I's and our kids' trajectories and, and kind of where it unlocked really and helped us claim the So did you, do it like a lot of ride, did you do it like a lot of ride-alongs with him? And, and Four and days a week for six months, I did ride-alongs with him. And I worked at a warehouse three days a week, 12 hours a day, so I could still fund the family and then go do ride-alongs with him. Well, that's, that, that's, that's entrepreneurship right there. That's taking it to the next level because I think a lot of people, you know, when they want to become a business owner or an entrepreneur, 
they see, you know, you see these people on the internet, you'll see like, you know, Instagram celebrities and people talking about, you know, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they talk about how like, oh yeah, fast cash, I can go out there. But what they don't realize is the reality that people, you know, out there, it's hard work. Look, I mean, you're doing so two hard. different things. I mean, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just to add to the complexity of that. It was, uh, it was like about three hours away from my wife. Uh, so those four days. So I was literally away from my wife. Yep. for those days and it was like wow it was like relocating four days a week but if i hadn't done that made the sacrifice put in the time work effort energy then and it wasn't easy after that either yes. um but we never would have had the foundation to move forward so yep you have to put that, in the work that, that's kind of who i am but now you look a lot of people are like oh you got it easy you've been doing it 11 years people know who you are you've done cat work so you can go do that if you want Mm -hmm. uh, we live on a sailboat on the East Coast full time. So a lot of people are like, oh, you got it made. But it's like that even all of that has not been easy. None of it's been easy, but claims has enabled where we've been able to go. And it's so been able we, to, change, to really change your life. And it's exciting. That's really powerful. Let me ask you this. So when you were mentored by your father-in-law, I mean, what were the, some of the biggest challenges that you experienced once, you know, once you got through the mentoring process and you did that and you started to be able to go out on your own, you started to really learn this because I mean, doing that intensive training like that for that kind of time, what was the challenges that you had to overcome, you know, when you started to go out on your own? Well, the, the first lesson and biggest lesson he ever gave me, I encountered on my very first claim, I had to use it, which was fake it until you make it. And some people on LinkedIn and in the industry who are a little too stiff. Uh, don't like that. They're like, oh, no, you can't fake auto damage appraisal. You can't fake estimating. But what he was talking about was like, when you don't know the answer in the moment, you have to go, I can do this and figure it out and wade through the situation. So my first claim was with a Spanish speaking family who didn't speak a lick of English. So my very first claim on my own, there was a barrier to language entry. And I had to figure out how do you navigate this on your own for the first time. And at that point, I started to understand what fake it till you make it really meant. It was like, you can't know everything. It's impossible. You get a Tesla, you're not going to know everything. You, you get a Spanish-speaking family, you're not going to know exactly how to handle it your first time. But can you still give service in those instances? Can you still fake through with what you know and put together a good estimate and a good customer service experience? So for, my, for me, that faking it was so hard. Because I was, you know, uh, Tony Canyon of INS nerds makes fun of straight A students. I was like a straight A student. So you're used to always knowing the answer. But in our industry, a lot of times why you're a professional is there isn't always an exact right answer, perfect in the moment. It's a lot of decision making. It's a lot of on the fly adjustments. You're an adjuster or an appraiser. You're adjusting things. You're making decisions or even sometimes negotiating. So for that, learning how to do that and to be good at being wrong and being humble enough to learn was really hard. Yeah, that's, real, some, that's some good, good information there. And I think I, I look back at my career as well. When I started out uh, working for the insurance companies, uh, you know, I went through their training courses. You know, those were intensive courses where we were sent back to the training facilities and went through, you know, several weeks of training. And then they put us out into the field and started doing that. And I know what you mean when you say that there was a lot of times you just don't know everything. And I think it's, it's what you learn is you learn to admit that you don't know everything and that's okay. Right. You can get the resources. I remember working for the insurance companies. I was able to go talk to people who were my mentors there who were able to give me um, advice. And, and, and the key is being able to make sure that, you know, you don't say something wrong. Just if you don't know something, you know, I need to look this up. I need to go out. Right. And get, let me do some research on that. Let me get back to you. 
and being able to do that in a very smooth, you know, pr professional, professional way. You're, you're, you're faking yeah. it as you go. Like, okay, I'm going to go figure this out. How do I, I've never had this situation before. Me pivot, right. be professional position, set the expectations right and kind of move forward. Yep. And you keep learning. And that's, that's the key thing. Just keep that mindset of, of continuous learning. So, you know, building the business is, is hard work, you know, and I, I tell people, I like to tell people the victory is in the journey. A lot of times in life, people, they set goals for themselves and they think that the goal is the ultimate achievement. And when you get there, then sometimes it's a little bit empty because you did all this work, <laughs> yeah. but, but the real goal is the journey. And then like we're saying, this journey is all the little steps like you were talking about you've taken you had to go out there and spend the time in a mentor situation and you started to learn were there times in this journey that you felt that maybe gosh you know i don't know if this is for me i don't know if this is the right career you know how do you push through that i've had that i don't know a dozen times in my career once every year might as well say it's cyclical at this point it's annual meeting with myself like you know is this right and but most of the times that that happened was when, and this is why I push really hard on my mentors, we have a saying, our slogan is to claim your life, is that claims can consume your life. They can just consume every aspect of your life where you have no personal life, you have no mental brain bandwidth left. And if you don't put boundaries and barriers and say at some point, ACD, I love you, but I got a hundred claims and it's not getting done in two days. It just can't, right? Like there's physical limitations here to be able to walk through and then to professionally deal with those situations, it's typically when there was not boundaries on the claims and they mm -hmm. just came crashing in. Yeah, there was some financial hardships um, as well, um, you know, where a company didn't pay us uh, and then we had to start from scratch. You know, mm -hmm. guys stole $2 million from a large company, disappeared, didn't pay any of the vendors. And we wake up the day our uh, second kid was born, didn't get paid, find out the company's gone the money's gone. And that was our only employer wow. at the time. And so we had to that point stop and go, okay, what do we know? We know how to do daily claims. We have, how much money do we have in the bank? 200 bucks in the bank. Okay. Let's do claims until we run out of gas money and then turn off. And we did that for three months um, until we were able to build back up and, and get back going in this industry. And so it has not all been roses in this industry, yeah. but all, through those mistakes, it's kind of helped me see like, uh, that was dumb what I did there. I see how I got myself into that. And so we try to help through our mentorship, help our students see like, one, you got to have boundaries. Two, you got to be diverse in who you're working for. You can't just work for one or two companies. You just can't. As much as we want to to make it easy on ourselves, it doesn't work. Um, and you have to be good at status. And, and so whenever I don't status, I get a snowball and I just get it explodes in my face. So uh, it just rolls downhill where the statuses and phone call requests keep coming in. And then all of a sudden you're overwhelmed. And that's when you want to quit. You're like, this isn't worth it. It's too much stress. So yeah, those... you're right. It can't snowball like that. Because this industry is <laughs> nonstop. I mean, there's always activity going on. And you're right. You have to be able to, you know, segmentize your life. Otherwise, it can be overwhelming. Let me ask you. So what inspired you to go out and start IA Path and get that going? Well, I was out in Colorado moved out there for that regional job, um, working for a paintless debt repair company, overseeing repairs, learned a ton, got a great perspective, got to work with like USAA insurance and other DRPs like Caliber and Gerber and work the body shops and actually work with them and the insurance companies and help kind of orchestrate catastrophic uh, drive-in scenarios and then the repairs that happen afterwards by the companies. And mm -hmm. doing that gave this weird perspective, but it wasn't for me. That was like not me. 
I, when I was there, I was like, wow, I'm learning so much. But I was kind of empty because it, inside I was always an appraiser, an adjuster, and overseeing repairs. It just it wasn't quite the same. You know, I, I wasn't connected with the insured really in, in any way. And at that point, I was like, I'm done with claims. I'm out. And I resigned. I was uh -huh. making good money. I was, I was not happy. We had lived there for two years. And we said, we're, we're, we're done. We're done with that life. We're going back. And I, once again, came back to, what do I know how to do? I resigned a great paying job, had a little bit of money in the bank. And I said, uh, well, I know how to do claims. And so I started writing claims in Denver and just making a little bit of money. And within the first few weeks of doing that, I was making $3,000 a month working for one company, working three days a week for like four hours a day. And I'll, just a few days a week though. And I was like, this is great money. Like, yeah, I haven't even cranked this thing up. And a friend of mine was like, hey, Chris, I want to be able to do what you're doing. How do you do that? And I was like, oh, man, it's so stupid, simple. Like, it's not brain surgery here. It's a headlight. It's a fender. Let me show you. I taught him a few things, and I introduced him to a company, and they're like, we're not going to send him claims. I'm like, why not? He's a friend of mine. I'm telling you he's good. And they're like, we, we have expectations and experience requirements, and we're not going to give him a shot. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. My father-in-law did this for me. Why won't you do it for him? And they're like, we just don't do that. And so that kind of started the, the spark in the back of the mind. Mm -hmm. And I was an entrepreneur at heart going, I want to do something. And I actually failed a business venture over the previous year while working the other job. And I was like, what can I actually offer? I didn't have a problem I was solving in my old business. But what's the problem here now that I'm seeing is that there's somebody who wants to get in this industry. They need somebody at Denver because I'm leaving, but they won't take them. And I'm like, well, this is silly. He has nobody. I have somebody, uh -huh. there's a gap to be bridged here. And so I said, well, maybe I should, you should just go look on the internet, uh, my friend. Just go look on the internet how to get started. Someone will help you, I'm sure. And he's like, there's nothing. I looked all last night. I said, are you serious? So I went and did my own research. I said, I found my niche of something I could talk about that nobody else is talking about in the entrepreneur space. It's how to get started as an auto damage appraiser. So I just started a podcast and started talking about the most ridiculous things ever, like the parts of the car there's a headlight and a grill and making little funny jokes about it, you know, uh, just yeah. like whatever and knew nobody would listen. Um, but you know, six months later, people started listening people started paying attention and, you know, start talking with people like you and uh, Tim Davis and just people about what are the real needs and how could we kind of create something to where we could get new blood in the industry? Is that a possibility? Is that stupid? Right. And so that's kind of how that got started was I saw a problem that there was a gap there that yep. we bridged. And I was like, okay, maybe we can figure that out. That, that's, a, that's really a great story because I mean, that is kind of a, a tough thing in the industry. Usually you come from being trained at an insurance company or you come from a body shop, you know, you know, collision repair center. And so be able to, you know, to bridge that and give people the opportunity. It's very, very exciting. So tell everybody, we talked about IEPath, but what is IEPath? Like explain what you do and how you All do right. it. At IAPATH, it's, what we do is pretty straightforward. There's new adjusters, new appraisers who want to get started in the industry. But most companies, rightfully so, have requirements, usually experience requirements, to make sure they're not just bringing any old slouch in to work for their million-dollar account, right? You're going to hand somebody a Liberty Mutual claim, and that's millions-of-dollar account for an IA firm, to go inspect a claim and maybe botch it? That could ruin uh, ACD's relationship with the carrier. So they want to see that there's a track record. So what we did is we said, okay, let's go teach people what these companies are wanting them to know in 90 days. 
And so we'll take exactly, we know what ACD wants. We know what these other IA firms want their files to look like. We know what the right way to look at it is. Let's train people and get those experience requirements waived. And that's our 90 day virtual online mentorship program. So that's what IAPATH really does is works with people online as mentors to say, let me show you what the industry wants. And then let me introduce you to people who if they have a need, they might be willing to use you because you've been trained properly. So you may have people that come in maybe from collision repair facilities that maybe even know a lot of this already. They just don't know how to get in starting their business. Is that right? Right, right. We all sides. So we get everybody from nurses, school teachers, homeschool moms to 20 year body shop manager who's like, I don't understand how to navigate the IA firms. I don't know what they want the file to look like. Like I know what it estimate needs to be written right for a collision facility, but what reports do we need to do? And so I'm going to come to you and have you teach me how to do everything dress right dress. And then what we do beyond this, the learning is we actually assist them as they're doing the claim. So as they get a first claim from ACD, that person's going to have a heart attack and call me and go, Chris, I got my first claim yep. and it's a rollover and mm -hmm. the airbags are all deployed and I'm overwhelmed and I forgot all my training. And it's like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I did that with my father-in-law. You know, he told me what to do when that happened. So we step in and we go, Hey, it's okay. We'll walk you through this. And ACD has no idea that you had to ask the question. You're going to look like a professional. It's going to be a dress, right dress file. And so we're kind of like a hotline almost for those appraisers and adjusters that we mentor. So in, in a way, so, so what separates you from other training companies? Is that one of the major things like that, that mentorship aspect? Yeah, we really only, like, at the, the end of the day, we care about the appraiser or the adjuster more than anything. So, like, we have IA firms come in and who want us to do something for them, maybe. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, we serve the IA at, gotcha. at the core. So that means if, if that IA is going to be successful for Ernie and his company, I know that teaching them even for five weeks, because I had a six-month training, I still need a mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, five weeks is not enough of interactive writing estimates and even 90 days of learning is not enough in the scope of two to five year experience requirement. They mm -hmm. want you to know how to deal with the rat's nest claim. You can't teach everybody every scenario online. Mm -hmm. You can't teach every scenario in person. So who are they going to call when they're stressed out? So because we're for the IA, we say we got to give everything we can to make them successful and they'll make our program successful because Ernie and Greg and their team, are going to be happy with somebody in Tennessee and go, we want more people like that guy you sent us. Can you send us some more? And so we're able to actually help people get work then. That's, that's, that's really great. Let me ask you this. So I know a lot of the states have licensing requirements, tons of licenses. Some states do, some states don't. How do you help and navigate the licensing procedures with your, you know, the people that you mentor? How do you, how do you get through that? Well, a lot of states don't even require, you know, an adjuster's license to handle auto damage appraiser claims. Some states are like, oh, like Texas, you don't have to have a license to handle auto damage uh, appraiser claims in Texas because it's, you're not writing the check. You're not, you know, issuing the contract from the insurance company insured. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who do want to maybe expand into catastrophe or are in the state that requires a license to handle claims, we partnered up with Adjuster Pro, which is the leading online um, adjuster licensing prep and pre-licensing company to be able to come in and make it all in one package. So, so wait, so, so you got you, so you guys are actually working with them. You're, you, you will help a, uh, somebody that comes into your course, you'll help guide them. Like they'll tell you, I live in this state and you can help connect them to everything they need to get going then license wise yeah. and everything. Yeah. I go in the back office and just go click a few buttons, put their email and name 
and it sends them the pre-licensing through Adjuster Pro. And then from there, Adjuster Pro will handle all the legal stuff, but we're able to just go ahead and, and do it and purchase it on behalf of the student. That's exciting. That's great. That's really good. Uh, so, you know, what, what, are you, what would you say that you would give advice to somebody that's looking to get into the business, looking to start a career that may be on the fence wondering, hey, you know, should I try this? Is this something like, what's some advice you'd give somebody? The biggest thing I can imagine um, is, first off, do your homework. There's so many people who come in and they, they find bad information on the internet, or not even bad information, but maybe it's not exactly what, they don't know that it's not exactly what they're looking for. They might mm -hmm. say, oh, this is what you need to do. You need a Texas license and then you need to go work, wait for a hurricane to get work. And mm -hmm. a lot of people then, they follow these paths and these articles and things that mean well, they're, they're trying to help people establish a catastrophic career, but a new person doesn't realize, hey, there's daily claims over here. There's also liability claims, desk opportunities. There's virtual assist, assist claims. There's all these other opportunities that you're not even aware of because the big money that able, people are able to talk about, like sick, earning six figures in six months or okay. whatever is typically catastrophic. So a lot of what people are reading online is for catastrophic claims, but with tens of thousands of people trying for that each year, just in the state of Texas alone, we know it's highly competitive. So when you're coming in, do your research, understand what's out there, but then in your own life, decide where it is you actually want to get to. Because if you don't know where you want to get to, you, you can't make an informed decision about where, what steps you need to take. And that's part of where, why we exist is to go, oh, you want to do catastrophic work? Let me show you a path of how to get there. Oh, you want to do daily claims in Kentucky? Let me show you a path of how to get there. Oh, you want to move on to property? Totally. There's a way to get there. But having a plan is like huge. So, so, so with this licensing you're talking about, working with you, do you have people you partner with that, that let's say somebody wants to get into the um to the homeowner's property kind of claims you have ability to help them out there yeah we kind of are the first we're the tip of the spear is kind of how we look okay. at it and so we kind of want somebody the problem we solved we talked about it was i just can't get a shot no one will give me a first claim mm -hmm. once you start getting claims people are way more open to having conversations with once you've closed 100 200 claims, whether it's mm -hmm. auto or property, right. you're working adjuster and appraiser. Whoa, that's different, right? Most people just have a license and they show up and don't know how to do anything. When you're an actual professional claims handler, whether it's on property or whatever, people are way more open. So yeah, we provide paths of like, let's get you in the door. Let's get you working first because a working adjuster, we say right. tends to keep working. And then we'll show you where to go to get to that property. We'll show you what the right courses we believe to take are that's going to make it easy to fit within your life got it okay so what would you say the biggest mistake a new adjuster that gets all certified and they get their license and they go out into the industry what's the biggest mistakes you see people make and if this so you know what could how do they correct that or what's some suggestions you would have well two two different coins there one and the working side let's say you get work the biggest mm -hmm. mistake i see people make is just not status again Okay. You've talked about it with me on the podcast yep. over and over. Oh, yeah. If you were just status, you'll do great. So a lot of people, they'll get an opportunity, but they'll fumble that opportunity because they're just not communicating enough. They think they are, but the reality right. is you cannot over-communicate in this industry. If you're status and what's happening, you're good. The other side of the coin on the career side is pigeonholing themselves and saying, I'm only going to do daily claims in Dallas, Texas, if that's where they live. And that's it. If that's not it, 
I'm going to stand right here and fold my arms and, and just be stubborn about it. Mm -hmm. But the reality is there's so many opportunities out there, not even as just an IA, but in property or in desk adjusting or, you know, do, going to a catastrophe or relocating three days a week to Oklahoma because they need somebody to handle claims there. And you can make good money doing that. So the biggest thing career-wise is don't pigeonhole yourself. Like there's only one little thing I have to do. No, you have to be aware of the doors and opportunities that are opening around you to say, oh, there's work there. I think that's a good opportunity. That's some good advice, really good advice. So, you know, one thing is, as we get close to, to wrapping it up here, I want to talk about one thing that you see a lot in the industry. And I am very heavy on the technology side. I've obviously, with our uh, technology platform and, you know, everything is about technology, streamlining the workflow. <laughs> yeah. And you see people out there talking about AI, which I know quite a bit about, machine learning, automation. Um, what do you think, uh, are you concerned for any people out there that are looking to get into adjusting about AI eliminating jobs or, or automation technology decreasing opportunities? Yes and no. So the biggest concern that I see is the pigeonholing, like we, we were just talking about, is mm -hmm. AI is going to slice out, I believe, large parts of the field inspection process that we hold like a holy grail uh, as IAs. Like, oh, no, I'm the one who climbs on the roof. Well, no, now Hover can do that for you. Oh, you know, the drone can help you do that or whatever. Oh, I, I'm the one who looks at the car. Well, now the owner's taking pictures of the car. And it's like, you know, this, this has happened before. This isn't new. You know, we went from Polaroids to digital photos. We went from mailing the, mailing the claim to now we're emailing it. And we cut out huge chunks of workflow there, right? All AI-driven, basically, computer-driven at that point. And this is just a new phase of that. But you know and I know, uh, Ernie, that AI is really smart and it's really dumb, okay? It's like a child. If it can only do exactly what you tell it to do for the most part. And what makes us valuable as IAs before AI and after AI is the human element of decision-making and empathy. You cannot simulate thinking on the fly, the faking it till you make it. The computer raises its hand and says, I don't know what to do with this input. But the adjuster goes, I understand the problem that Mr. Insured's going through. I see why he typed in his email address wrong or whatever. I'm going to be able to correct it. Whatever it is, right? There's thousands of scenarios that can come up. And so I believe that adjusters and appraisers have a future, but it, it's going to shift. It's going to look different. And at the end of the day, we are looking at it as the opportunities, I think, are going to expand for people who actually know how to do the job because it's going to get more and more button pushing, siloed out, like you do this and you only do this. But the people who understand how to do field appraisals, even if they're not doing them, are going to be valuable because they're going to be able to see the photos in a better light. They're going to understand what the insured was seeing from those photos. Um, and so we think opportunity is going to be huge. We think the insurance company is going to need people who are skilled. We think the IA firms are going to need to be the best reinspection force on the planet um, to go reinspect these photo estimates in the, in the body shops as they do the repair. And I think we're actually going to benefit in the long run because we're going to skip over this initial estimate and go straight to getting paid the same amount to do a reinspection. Which know, that's, that's very interesting. I think it's a good point. That's where you think he's going? I, that's what I see. And I see a lot of our people from across various firms who are like, oh my gosh, I got an estimate that somebody else wrote from XYZ Insurance Company and they wrote like two lines and now it's like a hundred line estimate at a shop. And 
I'm so stressed out. Why am I getting this? I'm like, whoa, listen, you're not having to do that supplement for free. You're getting paid to just do the supplement rather than go out to the initial and then the supplement. So you should be really grateful right now. And that's happening a lot with photo estimating sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. The initial is not, you know, misses the damage. Then you need a professional to go out there. And I think you're really hitting on some points there about that, you know, the empathy part and the fact that I believe the AI, in my opinion, is it's going to reduce a lot of the administrative and, and needless tasks that an adjuster or somebody has to do. So you can actually focus on your job better, do the things that actually matter. Cause those, this is a human interaction. This is a stressful time for a vehicle owner or a policyholder or a homeowner or whatever type of claim it is. They definitely want to have a, a person who they can talk to, not just a machine. Yeah. And if you think about the, the things it is eliminating, um, you know, oh, it's a front bumper hit and then it gets tore down or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because everything's getting siloed off that way to where it's like, oh, there's three photos from the insured and they write a crappy estimate because they can't see. It's not, they can't, no one crawled underneath the vehicle to look at the rebar and the radar support were damaged. Um, those who understand the process and can walk the insured better through photos, who can work through that. I think the ones who know are going to be so valuable. They're going to become the supervisors supervisors, the managers, the rock stars who are paid more to do that kind of work because everybody coming up, they're not being taught how to do this all the way, right? Mm -hmm. There's how many people are not going to learn ICAR now where ICAR used to be the standard. And it's like, now we're like, we can't even get people to take the photos right. We just need people to know how to take photos right. So if you can take photos right, you actually know how to write an estimate. You actually know how to do the whole inspection and the whole process start to finish. Also, you have an awareness of the industry that's going on. And so I think if you're out there, you're in the industry now and you're going, man, this thing's going away. Yeah, you might have to do something else for a while to figure out the shift, but you are so valuable. The information you hold is, is infinitely valuable to our industry because the computers need to learn from something. <laughs> yep. So wait, so what's the path uh, got on the agenda next? What's next for you guys? Well, the big thing we kept hearing, we're always listening for the problems, right? And so we look at our students and, and our, those that we're mentor, mentoring our uh, apprentices as, as the best beta group in the world, right? Like they're gonna tell us what they need. And so a, not everybody who comes in to, to try to become an independent adjuster or an independent appraiser, is, it's the right lifestyle fit. It just doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody's cut out to be a business owner. How many businesses fail each year, Ernie? It's astronomical. Right? Tons, yeah. It's not everybody can do that. And so I talk with people week in and week out who are saying, I need to make money next month. I, you're telling me, Chris, not to bank on making good money for a while because I'm building a business. I need to have a job next month, but I like the thought of doing an appraising or doing adjusting. And I'm like, listen, I have no idea how to get a job at an insurance company, uh, but maybe you should go work for an insurance company. And they're like, I'd love that. And then they go do it. They apply to, hundred places and no one ever calls back. And so we started looking at it and we go, wonder if there is a way to help people have a better opportunity to better prepare them for a job at an insurance company and then maybe connect them to them. So we just started doing research, myself and John Bachman. Um, and we said, okay, let's start interviewing the insurance companies, the hiring managers, the recruiters. What do you guys want to see in a, in a recruit? Mm -hmm. You know, and when you're looking through Indeed, what are you looking for? And so we just interviewed them and they told us. And so we put it all together in, a, in two different books. Wow. One is called um, uh, The Insurance Company Adjuster's Playbook. That one will probably be coming out in October. Uh, basically, that's a roadmap of 
everything from how you position yourself in training and preparation to now put that on your resume. Like you have a lifelong experience. It's probably invaluable. Ernie Bray was a basketball player and now he's a rock star adjuster at an insurance company. But there were some inherent traits in Ernie already. He just might not have been aware of them. So we want to help people understand kind of what they've been through to be able to show like, hey, I think what I've been through is valuable for an insurance company. Mm -hmm. To then how to build your resume the right way, to how to prepare for an interview, all the way to like, now that I got a job, how do I get promoted in the industry? How do I continue on that path? And so that's one book. And then the second book that spun off from it was the resume. So the adjuster's resume playbook. How many of us don't know how to position our skills, traits, and abilities and experiences properly from being a rental car agent or being, uh, you know, uh, there's a guy I always think of, a warehouse worker in Afghanistan, you know, where he was coordinating between Syria and, and Iraq and all these places, stuff coming in. Like, that dude's valuable in the insurance industry. He has no idea that he is. How do you position yourself on your resume as a, a rock star candidate, even when you don't have any claims experience? And so that's the second book that's going to be coming out. And from that's there, we're going to look exciting. to see if it'll help people. That's exciting. And really, you're becoming a sort of a career counselor in a way. You're really giving guidance to people, which is, is, is really exciting and really important because I think, yeah, you can go out and get licenses. I mean, I know I've seen, I think I've seen where people can go out and get the, you know, the adjusting license. They can take the course and all that. But if you don't really have somebody that's going to mentor you and give you the tips and somebody who's been down that path before, you're going to end up making a lot of mistakes that you could avoid with that. Right. With Right. One quick example where we sign off on the resume. Like this blew my mind doing all this research, reading resume books, interviewing these, these hiring and recruiting managers. One of the biggest things that come up, 76% of all resumes are thrown away because you have an unprofessional email address. So that one tip, 76% of resumes are thrown That's away huge. because <laughs> you have Rockstar Girl 1985 at Hotmail. Because wow. you have that, they will throw you away. So how many more things are there like that? How many more things do we just not know are important to an insurance company specifically or an IA firm specifically? And so we're trying to help people do the research, even though maybe I haven't been down that path. John has, he was a manager, a claims manager. He hired people, but like, what is it that they need to do? Because right now we all know because of COVID there's tons of unemployment out there, tons of people hurting, tons of people, with massive amounts of skills, and the insurance industry is, like you said, having a brain bleed where it's all leaving the industry, all the skill, all, all the lifelong talents leaving, but there's not even a wave of people coming in that know about insurance, that even know that they could have an amazing career and their skills are needed, wanted, and desired here. So how do we take that massive unemployment and start pulling it in to the insurance industry and helping them show the insurance company, I'm useful, That's because really the insurance company doesn't have that time. Really exciting stuff, Chris. You know, your enthusiasm and energy is, is, is really powerful. And I think somebody that's looking to, to get in the industry, to have a mentor, very, very exciting. And you know, it's, it's, it's going a long way to, I think, really uh, positive stuff out there going on. You know what? I know we're at the end of our time here, uh, but what I'd like to do is give our listeners uh, some information on how they can get a hold of you, how they can get in touch with you if they are interested in starting a career or getting some guidance or some help uh, in how to – you know, grow their career. All right. First thing is just head to iapath.com, iapath.com. And as you scroll around and look, also you'll get one of those annoying pop-ups that we all hate. 
listen, it's a free video course of five videos of me walking you through how to get started in your career. You see my sailboat bopping in the background there. Um, that video course will help solidify a path and a, a way to get started. And it'll also tell you if you think I'm crazy or not. So it's really good differentiator there. Second thing is if you're just looking to get straight to somebody, a live person, a lot of us just need a real human being to talk to. We just email me, chris at iapath.com. I answer all my emails. And um, a lot of times we just set up phone calls to get on and talk with someone for 15 to 30 minutes. Say, hey, let's develop a custom path for you for free, no charge. We'll just tell you what we think you should do and tell you what's the next steps you should take. And a lot of times, sure, it involves our mentorship at the end of the day, but that's your choice. But we'll still give you the steps that we think you need to take. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Chris, so much. It's been awesome to have you on and giving all these tips and advice for people who want to take that leap, become a business owner, start that entrepreneur drive. And again, thanks for being on and right, uh, have a great one. All right, you too. This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.